What the hell was that? Uh, my phone buzzed. Got an email. Let's see what this was about. Uh, it's just bullshit. Taxis are still relying on people waving them down. Like, what are we, fucking farmers? Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the greatest show. I am Thomas, your host, spokesperson for Winchester Reach Around and resident Swede on this podcast. I am, as usual, joined by the great white beast from Sioux Falls, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, Thomas. From down south, from the belly of the beast, is Ryan, fresh off his win at the Paralympics. Hello, Ryan. Did you say bees or beads? Bees. Bees? Oh, God. Bees? Thomas doesn't get any of this. Today on the podcast, we are going to party like it's 1999, preparing for Y2K. You can find the podcast wherever you normally listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter. Want to harass Chris? You can go straight ahead. Ryan, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. I don't even want to talk about it. You sent us a photo yesterday of a man dressed as a horse. Uh, can, can you explain this? Can I explain why he wore that no i you know i think that would take uh someone more qualified than me to in a series of interviews I mean, like like, like a head to... a head doctor yeah uh, we're at the austin uh, property managers association trade show bullshit or something <laughs> I, I, it's a trade show <laughs> for vendors to you know property management right companies. and you were there advertising the podcast yeah, it was. Um, I barely got in. It cost it cost us all of the cock money, um, but I did get you in. You still have some of that? Well, no, now not now. <laughs> it, well, I mean, I had to reserve this space months ago. Yeah. Um. Theme was Kentucky Derby because that was three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in Texas, so yeah. Yeah, I, some people wore hats. Had I wore... it been a month later, it would have been the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. <laughs> I wore pink shorts. They're not salmon. They're pink and some boat shoes. A lot of people really got dressed up. And then some people put on these like Halloween costumes as if I assume it's supposed to be that they're a jockey. But the costume has jockey's legs. It looks like they're sitting on someone's face is what it looks like. (laughs) It looks like they're walking around and like, you know, a child or a small person was sitting on this horse and then they just sat on that person. One lady had a a frightening, realistic looking horse head that she was just wearing. It was just like a cocktail dress and a very realistic looking horse head. Was it uh, Sarah Jessica Parker? I mean... (laughs) I don't go in for that kind of joke. Uh, Chris, what's new in your life? I thought we weren't doing me. Why not? Because he said yeah. that you asked him. He <laughs> said, no, I don't have anything. I said, no, I don't have anything. Uh, Make something I'm surprised. So, so this, this is probably a first. It's like Chris has run out of words and does not have anything to say. This has literally never happened before. So you're just setting me up for failure. Like five minutes ago, <laughs> you're like, when we do the, how was your week? Do you have anything? I'm like, no. Okay. Let's start the podcast. And then we start, and then you're like, throw it to me. Let's see if you can think on his feet. Clearly, I can't. 
<laughs> okay, but but Chris, I actually I actually have a serious tip for you. Since your kids have just, their just the tip though, just the tip. Uh, your kids have their last day of school today, yesterday, today. Today. today, so you will obviously then have a lot of free time moving forward, and if you want to watch something, I was listening to this one podcast the other day, Jesselnick and Rosenthal Vanity Project. They mentioned they mentioned this one show. I think you should leave on Netflix, which they oh. say is great. I think that you should check yeah. it out. I watched the first two episodes today after listening to their podcast, and it is so good. It is hilarious. I actually I was like flipping through Netflix, and I was like, oh, there's this new show. I should watch the first first four minutes of, of the first episode and and so i did that because i saw it and uh it was really funny it is i strongly recommend it ryan have yeah. you seen it i hope you're proud of yourselves <laughs> no i haven't seen it i'll check it out thank you thank you for the recommendation <laughs> you're welcome ryan i did notice earlier today that you even have a quote from the show in your twitter bio yeah that skit is just the funniest because I can't remember his name, but that guy from Veep, the black guy who becomes in the last season, he becomes the governor of some state. Him just as the host of that baby patch, the psychologist says, well, Harley Jarvis was, you know, very aggressive and just, you know, terrible. The guy yells, I hope you fucking die, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> then he says, get him out of here. It's- Thomas, thank you for recommending this show because I don't know what to do with Ryan's recommendations anymore. He recommended this this movie last episode, Yours, Mine, and Ours. It's like a <laughs> romantic comedy with with Rene Russo and I don't know. I, I watched it. I was not a I could not he said it was about the sniper and there was no sniper in that movie. Can I look back on the episode that I missed? I, I took some notes and I kinda wanted to just share some stuff, some thoughts. First of all, we got a, a, a email in our in our mail sack. So I'm importing this segment to uh, moving it up. Um, why do we have flag on all the time? Well he's an, a, a big time investor. He is in fact, signed over his 401k to us, thinking that he will uh, double it and do better than the market does. And he's just really bet all of this on us. So we, in, in that agreement, I would have struck a harder bargain, but we agreed to have him on more frequently than um, than others uh, since he's a big time investor. So if you're willing to invest uh, six digits in us, we you can be on the show frequently. Um, I'll invest six digits in you. <laughs> so you guys mentioned the baseball movie 42 yeah I mean, uh, jack the robinson uh, about, like kind of the most significant parts of it like the, i really the jay-z really, like, score so when chadwick boseman um like chanted e-bombay e-bombay like that was i thought the coolest part of that movie um you guys didn't mention <laughs> that at all i'm just reading through my notes real quick here one more story this is actually a mention not from the episode i missed but this is a, a sub beacon um reference they mentioned the game counter-strike so they, they talked about game games and like which gaming systems they had allegiance to i was never a first person shooter but it sounds like that's what uh, what um sunny is but those were big when i got to college so halo had just come out and the xbox w- was was big and and like this was the first time that like network games were a thing when i was like a freshman in college and we had this guy at my hall and maybe you guys know people like this but i had never experienced anything like this there was he may have lasted the entire year. He did not go to a single class. Um, <laughs> basically, he paid like fifty thousand dollars for to hang um, out 
for uh, uh, high-speed internet because like that was something that was kind of rare. Like it was still kind of in the dial-up era if you were like had a home. Um, so to have like uh, a high-speed local area network, like that was kind of a thing. And like so he slept all day and he played Counter-Strike all night. He had like opposite hours. We didn't meet him until like halfway through the first semester. Like we didn't even kind of know that he existed. Like we would walk by in the middle of the night and we'd hear like booming in his room. I don't know how his roommate survived. Wait, are you saying he did this intentionally or like he he never had any plans of going to any classes? I couldn't tell you what his, his ambitions in life were. <laughs> do you guys know anyone like that who – who? because, uh, like, this is something that you could do today, like, in your parents' basement. But he spent his parents, you know, tuition dollars to do this. Sure, yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying now with, you know, it was a lot harder to get high-speed yeah. internet at yeah. your home. Was this, like, a thing that people did? You know, sign up for some classes, use the internet, just don't worry about your <laughs> – to worry about your loan or your grades or anything like that. I played a lot of games in college. I still managed to go to class, so I, I wasn't as extreme as this guy. And I don't think I knew anyone quite that obsessed. Uh, did you guys ever play any network... Net, that sounds stupid. Did you ever play games multiplayer uh, yeah, with other Call people? Yeah, Call of Duty. I still on... play Call of Duty. Oh. Well, was that out back then when, when you were in college? No. I don't know how you had time to play video games in college being vice president of the student union and all and and driving a taxi um like I, how did you have time for all that it was a bit of a challenge but, uh, i i managed Tom, thomas's and, dad uh, drove and, a bus and thomas is like i need to earn that i can't just jump right into bus driving i'm gonna drive a taxi the reason i started driving taxis was because i i needed to make money while in college but My, you made money as the vice president of the student union that was a full-time job for an entire year, yeah. So I during that year, you went to class. Wait, Chris is played. just going to really left, list all of the best friend facts that he knows <laughs> that I don't. Isn't he? Really just going to take me down a notch here. If that's what this episode is, then fine. You know, it may work and people might like it, but... You know, you're doing damage, and it's, you know, I'm going to have to deal with this. Do you really not know any of this, Ryan? That Thomas was elected by the student parliament to be the vice VP of the student union in college. I'm going to go over my varsity blues notes. Um, just let me know when this part's over, and I'll jump back in. What else do you have on your list, Chris? Remember, we have that um, that segment that I suggested, like, hey, remember when the astronaut put on a diaper and drove from Texas to Florida? Yeah, so and you, like, Actually, that another, didn't happen. You have another remember this thing that didn't actually happen my hey remember when was hey remember on the sub beacon podcast when jvl was talking about mission impossible and he referred to ethan hunt as ethan <laughs> do you guys remember that that was really funny i don't know why that was something that unintentionally came out of his mouth i don't know like what was going on in jvl's head at the time but that was really funny and everyone should can we talk about the most recent Subbeacon episode where JVL, for no apparent reason, trashes Uber? That's insane. That was that was a strange. Yeah, <laughs> I could not go with him on this one. No, like it is it is so weird. Like I understand his hate of Tesla. I agree with it. I'm I'm on his side. But when it comes to Uber, they're revolutionizing and pushing an industry forward that is corrupt, stale, and charges their customers way too. F- much okay so so i mean is this the logical endpoint of the empire is good to be like actually taxis are good (laughs) (laughs) 
something that we can all agree is 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 an insane opinion to say that oh taxis are better than Uber. <laughs> Nobody would say that unless like you're making off like on the dole to say so. There is a a movement like a political movement against Uber it's against like the sh- labor type thing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And I guess it's the, a labor thing. And the empire like, would be pro organized labor. So. so so not only is it organized labor, but it's like kind of a city municipal thing. Like they have less control and, and make less money off of Uber. Um, where the you know selling medallions is, is incredibly profitable for for cities and and again they can regulate and and, and make again, I mean J- and JVL made it sound like well you know you know you drive a taxi you can make a living you know Uber is just you know people just do that as part-time work I know people that do that drive for Uber full-time and the great thing is that you can do both yeah speaking of these uh, disruptors you know you guys know what DoorDash is right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like um, so, Uber so, Eats or uh, Postmates yeah, or yeah, whatever. Same yeah. thing. So I was talking to my brother-in-law, and he's been doing. He's in like network securities for. He works for the state. He he needed a part-time job, and he's been doing DoorDash for six weeks or so. Just you know, part-time. He's making seven hundred dollars a week doing that. Holy cow! That is insane to me. Yeah, he says he knows people that do it full time <laughs> that make fifteen hundred dollars a week week doing DoorDash. Yeah. So so I was it's now over a year ago, I was out in San Francisco for a conference and it was the first time ever I used Uber. I got to the San, San Francisco airport and I had to get to downtown, get to the hotel. And so I downloaded the app and I reserved an Uber and it took me down there. On my way back to the airport, I called another Uber and my driver there talked about how he had been driving, I don't know where he had been, in Columbus or something, somewhere in the Midwest. And Uber had relocated him to San Francisco and he was driving full time for them. He could afford to live there. He seemed to really be enjoying life. I got the impression that he was making a lot of money. Yeah, I, I would well, never and- imagine that, you know. Because I, I delivered pizzas, you know, when, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, part-time. And I, I would guarantee you I was making nowhere near $700 a week <laughs> doing that. I mean, I, I think if I remember, you know, I would do it like three nights and maybe – a hundred bucks in a week. So it's just like, but I mean, the thing with that is you had to be scheduled, you know, you had to work the schedule that the store told you to work. And you, and if you couldn't work, you had to, you know, either call in or try to find somebody to replace you. But now like your flexibility is your, you know, is your value to me. It's just insane that someone can make that much money just part-time. I'm not going to endorse Uber as a company. I just like like the idea of the market providing a, a better alternative with yeah, better cause... service, Uber, Lyft, whatever. I'm just saying the ride share, like an app. They talked about how um, taxis still like would always suck when you try to call them, like they wouldn't show up. You know, they had a monopoly on this. So even with the competition of Uber and Lyft existing, taxis have, have not improved their end to to be responsive uh, with, with an app as far as like all the different features as far as like being able to log in, have options of cars. See, and- I, I don't, I don't know about do, do taxis really not have like uh, the apps? App, apps and stuff like me. Uh, that would be, that'd be more insane to me than someone making $700 a week part-time <laughs> doing DoorDash that they haven't I guess at I least. I could tell you, I could tell you what it's like in New York or. Yeah. Or I, I know, I know that some do. So different Swedish taxi companies have merged together under umbrella organizations and these umbrella organizations that cover, I don't know, there are two of the main ones have maybe 80% of all of the taxis in Sweden and they have their own apps. I haven't used it. Seriously, taxis are still relying on people waving them down. (laughs) 
what are we fucking farmers? I'm not waving down a car. You know, I'll push a button and you stop where I am. Dude, you want to know where I am? Look on your phone. That's where I am. So that that ruins the whole the whole setup of planes, trains, and automobiles, though. John Candy and Steve Martin fighting over a cab. This is my Uber. <laughs> what are you talking what? about? <laughs> this is my Uber. Instant correction. He, he he argued with Kevin Bacon, right? And then John Candy took it. He argued with the dog from Varsity Blues? Kevin Bacon is in Varsity Blues? Uh, the dog, The pig's name is Bacon. Uh, yeah, that was a strange scene. So I, think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a pig. Yeah. So I have a movie quote. Is it from Varsity Blues? No. Did you know... I'm trying to guess before he says it. What is wrong with him? Is it from the, the girl with the dragon tattoo? I shouldn't have said that. Did you know that all brothels run on the basis of sex? Felicity Jones in On the Basis of Sex. <laughs> One of the 20 times uh, they used On the Basis of Sex uh, in that movie. All right. So, so from notorious Supreme Court justices to notorious queens, uh, we figured that we should talk a little bit about Game of Thrones, since no other podcasts out there have covered this topic yet. We're naming this episode Game of Thrones Season 8 Iron Throne. We have all seen it, finally. Chris. Chris, how about you go first? Have you guys listened to the Glop episode? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, Chris, are you on the Ross Douth hat? Yes. Uh, team Team Douthat. Really? You hate it that much? Oh, yeah. I, I, I loathed it. I'm more toward that now. At first, I was, like, Team Sunny in that. I was like, I mean, it, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it after uh, just, like, talking rose and i talked for whatever reason we talked about it for like 15 minutes one night and then after talking to her i was like oh wow i i think i do hate this episode more now <laughs> what about it do you object to is it is it the council at the end is it bran spoilers by the way is it bran ending up on the throne is it what is we don't even know he says that he says that you know bran has the best story okay what is that story he was off the show for a whole season we what don't know it? Wait a second. We, First of all, um, Grey Worm is like, shut up. You don't get to talk, Tyrion. Yeah. And then they, then he shuts up for the next 10 minutes and lets Tyrion talk. Like, none of the logic of the, the show makes sense. Even the setup, he's like, you are not allowed to talk. You, you know, blah, 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 you're, you're, you're. and then immediately it's contradicted by, by what follows. He, he says, says you're, you're right. No one should listen to me. Yeah. But... Well, I said that. <laughs> Goes along with what he says. Right. Yeah. In previous seasons, you're even, right, though, yeah, even uh, though Bran, Bran can see the future and can see that that Danny was going to burn King's Landing and does nothing yeah. to save those people, so he is as well, complicit he, in that as was, anyone. He, he knew that that was the he 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 watched you know 14 million different scenarios <laughs> how things could play out. This was, was the, the one. one which he became king. And so he's like... What? Is, 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 is he Doctor Strange? I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, hey, be Lord of the North. He's like, I don't want it. <laughs> like, I mean, it so what? everything involved hey, in Bran hey, is just, stupid. Just a, question, just a question over here, King Bran. How would things have been different if you'd have gone ahead and took Lord of the North? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, Bran like, was totally worthless during the battle. Um, they, they, they insert the scene where he says, I have to go now, where it seems like maybe he's doing something to help. And at no point do they yeah, actually indicate like, that he's doing something like, to help. 
It, it was like they got to finishing editing that episode. All right, all right, we need to uh, put in the the CGI scene where um, Bran, you know, flies and he, you know, he does all. Oh shit! We forgot we to forgot. pay that off. You know, in all the previous seasons, when they cut to like Bran and and Hodor and they're traveling throughout the no, and he talks to the tree and he does all of those things. Like whenever they would cut to that, I would pick up my phone and start texting and checking Twitter because it <laughs> that's was the best so story. Bo- no, it was so that's boring. The best story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the ambiguous. And we still we have no idea. Like, what is his? What can he do? What can he do? What can he not do? What are his superpowers? They are not defined. He believes that you know having the council run everything is the best. So he's yeah. just going to be he, he, he flying just, around. He just walks off. I'm going to find a dragon, and he leaves the room. He yeah, doesn't yeah. walk off because he's like Greg Abbott. But yeah, close enough. And, <laughs> and speaking of Uber. Um, people suggested that that when the white horse appeared to Arya after she's like staggering There's around, her, that that was Bran sending her an Uber. Where did that horse go, though? Like exactly, <laughs> like so, and, so like set things up without paying them off. They're like, yeah, they, like what did that mean? Significant horse, like, and then like oh, they cut to her again, and like no horse. They could have totally eliminated that scene, except they were like, and, hey, wouldn't that be and, cool? They had her like climb on a horse and ride for a while. And another thing, when Tyrion goes to find his. A brother and sister's bodies. You look around, and the camera pans around the room. If they would have moved five feet to the left, they would have been fine. There was no damage. There's no rubble in, like, oh, just yeah. to the left of where they were killed. <sighs> and 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 so, like, Tyrion's like wandering around looking for them, and they're under like an inch of rubble. Like they're That's they're not, not under be, like did, six tons did they, of rubble. Did they like... bleed to death for days? <laughs> because. That's not enough to There's crush There's like one someone. brick on top of their it's, head. That's what I was thinking. Like when he's looking for them, I'm like, what is he's he going to find them? Gonna, he's going to have to get, does he have a crane? He's, just, <laughs> he's not going to lift this stuff look, up. But look, it's like, oh, there's, there's his hand. Like three oh. bricks on their head. Look, he's a dwarf. They couldn't make it too heavy. He had to be able to remove it. Yeah. And that's why it's stupid. Like <laughs> it was just dumb. Oh my goodness. They suffered for days. There is one criticism, which is over the course of the last season, they say that Daenerys suddenly just turns crazy and turns evil. Whereas I think the signs that she yeah, is that's, fucking that's crazy were there. I didn't there. have a problem with that. Right. Like, I, I was okay with... I thought that there was enough there to show that she was starting to become the Queen of Ashes. Paul uh, Drogo at the very beginning is like, I'm going to go across the ocean and kill everybody and put make you their queen. Yeah. And she was like, great. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and everyone's exactly. like, "Why did she burn everyone and kill everyone?" It's always kind of just wanted to be in charge. Did you? How did you guys like dissolution at the last council? Council of uh, Westeros, I mean, whatever. You know, what, what else were they going to do? I don't understand why. What's her name? Uriah Greyjoy. Is that her name? Whatever her name is. Didn't she make a deal with Danny that they were going to be free? Like they weren't going to. They were going to secede, like um, Sansa ends up doing. But then she's just like. Again, because, that logic didn't Because at first she's pissed that, like, John killed Danny because she's like, I had a deal with Danny or whatever. And then she's like, oh, you want to put John's brother in charge? And you guys are going to take off, but we'll will be ruled by your brother. Oh, yeah, that's fine. You've spent zero time convincing me, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'll agree with you. And Sons is like, we're going to be independent. And she's she's like, oh, you know. We don't care about that anymore. We'll we'll join the other kingdoms. The the one line that I that I really liked was when Jon Snow was like, "There's still a Night's Watch." Yeah. <laughs> like that was like laugh out loud funny. Like, that was funny. why is there a Night's Watch? Once the um, Unsullied and the Dothraki leave, why would Jon stay in the North? From what I felt, like I felt like I, I think like he wanted to go live with the 
Because I think I don't think he went to the Night's Watch. I think he just rode well, he right did. on, rode right on through, and just he. I, yeah. I think he wanted to go live with the wildlings anyway. Um, I got the sense that. Uh, did you guys watch Lost? No. Um, uh, no? Part, not all of it. No, I didn't. So from the very beginning, they knew the the, the final scene of Lost, and so Lost opens with yeah. Jack on the ground, and his eye opens, and it closes with him on the ground, and his eye closes. Right. Yeah, and they did not want to do as many seasons. I, I've heard Damien Lindelof talk about Lost quite a bit because I'm a big fan of The Leftovers, which was Damien Lindelof's next show. He talked about how like he did not want to do as many seasons as they as many episodes as they ended up doing. But it was making so much money, like basically AB, AB, ABC was just like, no, you have to keep going. And they they had to like ABC wanted them to do more. Like he had to like yeah, beg yeah, them no, to, to let them end it. I, I guess my point is, so th- there's a certain symmetry there with with the way it opened and the way it closed. And yeah. I se- I sense that with Game of Thrones is that like I think the first scene in in the series is like the icy wall and then the the door opening in the tunnel and then like a, a someone going out. And so you saw John kind of yeah. That's what they were called. They were called someone going out. Scout. Someone, scout go- someone like going out. Someone going out. So there is someone going out. So like, I, I feel like there's a visual and kind of thematic symmetry there. However, like him being Aegon Tar- Targaryen, it's so bizarre that they put that in there and it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. We, we did a pitch meeting. I love the pitch meeting. So now there's a pitch meeting for season eight out on, on YouTube and it's great. Um, the, the, the writer is like, yeah, I did a, a search and replace on all of John's dialogue in season eight and <laughs> <laughs> it replaced all of his dialogue with she's my queen and I don't want it. Before that, his saying was I hung a, I hung a boy younger than Bronn. <laughs> <laughs> he said that like five times in the previous seasons. <laughs> so I guess I'm not as upset. Like, I don't think the last season was great, but I'm not as upset as some people who seem to have lifted Game of Thrones up to be this amazing, terrific series. Which I don't really think. I think it's enjoyable. It's entertaining, but yeah, I think mostly that's where. Like I'd not. Yeah, I, I never really, especially the last two seasons. I I was didn't really love it anyway. But thinking about it more, like this last episode was. I, I do feel it was a significant step down from even what the last two seasons were. I felt like the whole final season of Game of Thrones was unsatisfactory. Yeah, like, it was mo- just a rush, just like, uh, we're, we're going to spend the first two two episodes being super slow and just, <laughs> like, gathering everybody together that had been apart and having them remind uh, all the viewers, like, oh, like, remember we have all these things we did together? Uh, let's sit around the fire and talk about them. And then we're going to film a battle that nobody can see that makes no sense, um, like, both the strategy and the logic. Like, you see the, the Dothraki and, the, and, and the, the um Unsullied, like, die, and then you see them, like, multiplied, like, four episodes later. And what were the rest of the Dothraki doing? They were just on the bench for that? That was the war... You know the the Great War, but apparently some of them were just hanging out in the back. Like I guess oh, because like weird. like once once that like the war was over when they had their like Nuremberg style rally with 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 uh, Danny. <laughs> like suddenly like the the Unsullied had more members than it had at the very beginning. Like they yeah. multiplied somehow. Yeah, because I mean, it didn't make it seem like that was like well, that's the end of the the Dothraki. Like in the in the battle with the Night right, King right. when they when all their lights went out, like oh well that that was all of them, 
and then oh no, there's still a lot more of them. <laughs> so I guess I guess yeah. That wasn't the that wasn't uh, the last of the Mohicans. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> more people so, I mean, should so, have died. That so that is flag, yeah oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah definitely yeah. So so fl- flag uh, thinks it's so funny that anytime we talk about a movie. I nitpick it and criticize it the whole time, and then I'm like, I actually liked it. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's the way Thomas is with this final season. It was it was terrible, but he's like, oh, it was, it was fine. It was good. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, it's um, it's fine. It's it's not much worse or better than say season the season preceding it. Right, the season preceding it wasn't all that good either. So, but but I, I understand your point is that people have have kind of overrated it. That it's not as good as people say it is. Like there are people who are like, this was the the you know the greatest. Series, uh, television show in all of television, which is profoundly stupid. That's that's not even close to the truth. It's not even in the top ten. But but there were some really good things about it that, that made it worth watching. I I just um it makes me appreciate Endgame all the more. Is that like within you know a couple weeks of each other we have the summing up of two different ten year project that hundreds of million dollars went into making that have big fan bases and endgame was a very satisfactory ending for everyone which if i didn't convey this uh, strongly i want to convey it now that like that is what's so amazing about it is that like it it is so hard to conclude um a, so like a 10-year project it's so hard like how many people are satisfied with the final movie or the final episode of of, uh, of of a TV show or a series or whatever, Marvel achieved that, and Game of Thrones is like the opposite. Like we see these two in juxtaposition, how hard it is because like um, Benioff and Weiss had every reason. Like I'm sorry, like I know they've signed a deal to do three um, Star Wars movies, but I, I know they took their eye off the ball. But like they had every reason to produce a good series of television, and they just decided they they couldn't be bothered to do that. Because um, if if these Star Wars movies suck, which it's not guaranteed that they're going to make money and then where's their career after that so in their defense they, they are handed essentially someone else's product with a, a bunch of storylines a bunch of loose ends and they somehow have to try to tie it all together right. and finish right. it it's hard it's hard. it, it, it it's is hard. hard but i i at the same time, it also seems like they weren't up to that task. So speaking of Endgame, uh, something that I forgot to do uh, in last week's episode, I think this is a great moment to uh, play Jordan's review of Endgame. So we're going to play that right here. So Jordan, what did you think of Avengers Endgame? Well, I'd say Avengers Endgame is one of my top favorite movies because it shows like so much of those things I like in movies. Okay. And like I know what? I already reviewed Manager and the Staircase movie that just came out in 2019. But, um. You also I, reviewed Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I'd probably say that, um, I liked that it had, like, um, going back in time and time loops and time things that deal with time that gives you guessing. Because time is something that you can just keep guessing and you don't know if it's gonna happen and it's so exciting and if if um i i don't i i think it's very exciting you don't know what's gonna happen next because there has a lot of time things related in it and like in time things like i said before it is very exciting because you can like you don't know what's gonna happen next and keep guessing and you see if it's right and if, it's just great do you feel like it's a good end for the marvel cinematic universe 
Well, I don't feel like it's an end. But oh, I, you don't? Okay. Because there probably is going to be another Captain Marvel movie. And I think it is a good end for Infinity War. Because Infinity yeah. War It kind of wrapped that stuff up, didn't it? Infinity War ended with Thanos killing half the universe. And you can imagine what happens in Endgame. Three hours long. You can imagine why it takes that long because it needs to show every little thing that happens because time is an unpredictable thing. Mm -hmm. Are you sad that you won't that there won't be a Bla uh, Black Widow movie? I'm sad about that. Yeah. And I'm like you said, there's going to be a Black Panther two. There's going to be no. I'm sorry, you said Captain Marvel two. There's also going to be a Black Panther two, and there's also going to be a, another Spider Man coming out this summer, right? Yeah. You excited for that? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe we'll review that when it comes out. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jordan, for your review. Okay. So that was uh, Jordan reviewing Endgame, uh, the next Roger Ebert. So should, should I take her to see Aladdin so she can review that? <laughs> I bet uh, you. I bet you I mean, she's gonna drop like her it. off. You. You. Yeah, you drop her off. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll see you here in two hours. Steven's gonna go see it in IMAX. Did you see that? He got tickets He's, to go see he it. Already, he already saw it. Was that in IMAX or is he going again? Oh, maybe this was yesterday or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think he saw it and Ming saw it and of course Ming liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, did you read Kyle Smith's review of it? People were posting snippets of his review. He, not a fan, apparently. Not a fan. Not a fan. Transition. Yesterday... We started to receive more news uh, about Christopher Nolan's uh, upcoming uh, movie that's set to release in July of next year called Tenet, which is described as an action epic evolving from the world of espionage. So my understanding is that Nolan seems to like James Bond, so it's probably going to have some influences from there. It is shot on location in seven different countries. It has a massive budget. Uh, we had a bunch of actors announced for it. Do you guys uh, have any thoughts? Well, I was surprised that it, you know, he seems to have like his people that he uses that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tom Hardy like continually show up, Cillian Murphy, um, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it doesn't seem to have any of those guys that, that this cast, uh, or who's, who's the French lady that's in? in... Marianne Cotillard? Yeah, yeah, her, oh. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and so this, this has a lot of uh, kind of newcomers to his cast. So besides Michael Caine and Kenneth Branagh, they're all relative newcomers to to uh, Christopher Nolan. And I was mentioning how to Thomas uh, in, in, in pre-show about how Nolan seems to be much like Wes Anderson in that, like he casts like the same, uh, same guys. And I kind of like that, but we'll get something a little bit different here. We have Kenneth Branagh, Michael Caine, uh, Elizabeth Debicki, 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 who, who I like. Do, do you guys have any thoughts on her? So she's been in, um, uh, the Man from Uncle, Widows, what else? Guardian of the Galaxy. Who is she in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, Aisha, the the woman uh, dressed all in gold, made out of gold, whatever. Oh, really? That's her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, so I I like her. Uh, she's going to be in it. Um, so I haven't seen that Windows movie, so um, I I don't know who she is. Is um, is Windows? Is that the sequel to Wall? <laughs> No, but in the wall Henry? you have uh, in the wall you have Aaron Taylor Johnson who, who's going to be in uh, Tenet. Is he any good in it, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, and he's also there's something else Aaron Taylor Johnson is in. He's, that, uh, he's, he's... Quicksilver in the Marvel movies. Not that. Okay. <laughs> uh, hang on, there's something else he's really good in that. Um, oh, Nocturnal Animals. Uh, so, in addition to those guys, there's also uh, John David John David Washington from Black Klansman. 
And uh, a Swede is doing the score, Ludwig Göransson. I didn't realize that Dunkirk was his first directorial Oscar nomination. That's ridiculous. Did you guys know that Nolan's brother uh, writes uh, Westward? Yeah. Westworld. So we... Wait, do you guys watch Westworld? No. You don't? No. Oh, I like it. The, the new season, I, I think it looks pretty cool with Aaron, uh, Aaron Paul is like the main character. I already know the story. They turn out to be robots. There we go. <laughs> no, they got Maybe. out. They they got out of Westworld. Well, spoiler. They get out of Westworld. Ah! Just shut up, Ryan. Hey, you guys should watch this movie. Here's what happens. Here's, or this TV show. You guys weren't going to watch it anyway. You've you made it clear that, you that, my, that my recommendations yes, basically put it on your list of things that you will never even consider <laughs> watching. So you I'm never, free. Anything that, I, anything that I want to recommend, I'm free to spoil. How about you would recommend something something good instead? Yeah. Like, I think you should leave. Yours, mine, and ours is like was, did not do anything for me. Have you guys heard of the Super Ego podcast? Yeah. yeah I you're... heard like, Thomas recommended it. It's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, then why after one episode that I told you to listen to, you said you're never taking podcast recommendations from me again. Or no, that was Thomas that said that. Yeah. Thomas that said he, he listened to one of he, would, he would say that. Transition. We figured that we should talk a little bit about movies that came out in 1999. And the reason we're doing that is because they recently mentioned it as one of the best years for movies. There's a book. Uh, they talked about this book on the substandard. Or somebody's got a book out about how 1999 was the greatest uh, movie year ever. Yeah, and you can tell because number one in the box office for 1999 was Star Wars, episode one, The Phantom <sighs> Menace. Oh, that's where it started. <laughs> Love that movie. Uh, so, but, so be- before we start to talk about specific movies, we figured that we'll intermittently here do one, and so we have um, one today. But do you guys have any favorite movies from this year? Absolutely. Fight Club, The Matrix, Magnolia, Being John Malkovich, Office Space. I mean... Office Space, I forgot it, So not thing. only does it have, like, really good top-tier movies, like, The Matrix is a perfect movie. Like, it is so well... Um, like it's clear that uh, so much love and care went into just the editing and the just the just the planning of that movie. It is is an amazing film and and is part of why I like movies today is because I watched that at a very formative age and it was just so so not only does it have great great movies but it's Galaxy really Quest Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest great um so the second tier Galaxy Quest is amazing uh what haven't we mentioned yet the world is not enough no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, the thomas crown affair cider house rules uh, david o russell I, I do like david o russell so like three kings was decent <laughs> a neo conservative movie before neo conservatism went out of style um drop dead gorgeous have you guys seen that i might have I, at some point I think, yeah i think i did see it like at the time but i don't remember it's a documentary it's it's quite good so as far as like a second tier um i haven't seen entrapment in a long time but i remember liking that back in the day i don't know if it holds up october I remember, sky i remember liking the 13th warrior uh, midsummer night's dream oh how about life ryan surely you've seen life yeah lock stock and two smoking barrels at the time life was probably i think i probably considered life the funniest movie i've ever seen really when i saw it yeah like i I mean, Bitter, bittersweet, you know, because they ended up like, yeah, serving life sentence for a crime well, they didn't commit. Yeah, forgot uh, about that part. The End of the Affair, which is based on a very good Graham Greene novel. 
um, with uh, Ray Fiennes. I love Ray Fiennes and, and uh, Julianne Moore. All of these movies are reasons why we think that we should actually watch the movies from this year. And some of them uh, we haven't seen before. Some of them we've seen a long time ago uh, and others are favorites. And so we figured today that we would start... One we won't be doing is Star Wars. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, Big Daddy. I, I, don't, I, I, might hate, I might hate it. I, I know I liked it. Know, Maybe. We, out, we, we might hate watch it. We'll see. The one we'll I'm see. excited to watch is The Insider, which I haven't seen and was rated quite highly by our boys at the, at the Sub Beacon. Yeah, and Notting Hill for Analyze This. Anyway, anyway, all right. So we figured today that we would start with number 44 on the box office for 1999. <laughs> what Vars- better place to start? <laughs> I know. Varsity Blues, which I had seen a very long time ago. Ryan had seen previously, yeah? Yeah, I know that I saw it. Uh, I'm sure that it was, you know, I'm sure I saw it more than once. Once it came out on DVD, friends had it. I- yeah. Uh, and Chris, you said that you had never seen it. This was a huge pop culture gap in in my upbringing because this this I mean this held a was referenced frequently in school and and people mentioned it, but this is a movie that I did not watch as a teenager, uh, even though it was huge among my peers. It is now a gap for you that we have plugged. Thank, um, thank you for plugging my gap. The m- most significant thing I can remember from Varsity Blues was I had the soundtrack. I listened to that quite a bit, mostly because the, the the Third Eye Blind song on that soundtrack, I really like, and I still like. It had the offspring uh, Nitro, parentheses, Youth Energy, <laughs> on the soundtrack. Yeah. That was the first song on one of my favorite albums of the 90s, back when I was a kid. The movie had a budget of $16 million. It brought in $54 million at the box office, which I guess in 99 was okay, right? right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I would assume that. Absolutely. It, yeah, that makes it pretty yeah. successful I, I assume they didn't Burn spend like a hundred million movie. marketing it there's an mtv movie i bet they didn't spend much marketing it at all probably yeah they probably only ran commercials on mtv varsity blues is i guess an iconic a classic movie about texas at this point and specifically about high school football on friday nights in texas so yeah that Friday Night Lights, the book, was out, you know, well before this movie went into development. Like, watching it again, like, I wonder if they wanted to make Friday Night Lights, but maybe, you know, couldn't get the rights to it, or the rights were too expensive or something, because I I feel like if they were aware of the book, then they kind of stole from it and added in some weird stuff. It's more of a comedy than anything. Starring Paul Walker, John Voight, James Vander B, Ron Lester, Scott Kahn, Amy Smart. Amy uh, Smart, yeah. yeah. So they follow the high school football team for a course of a season where the star quarterback gets injured and the backup has to step in and it sort of shows... I assume a lot of fiction... Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Can okay. you give a little bit more detail? So start at the beginning. <laughs> no, we're not... The, what? The opening scene is uh, <laughs> James Vanderbeek doing a weird voiceover that... What What was the purpose? What did we learn from that voiceover that we wouldn't have learned in, you know, the first 10 minutes of the movie? Like, like it starts off like it's a John Grisham legal... Uh-huh. They're like, cause he, talk, he starts talking about the law. That, that was weird. But, and then uh, you see this in, enormously obese guy. May he rest in peace. I'm sure. Yeah, like he, taking he out his friends in a, 
in a truck and he's like eating a ton of crap including like i think waffles and he, like, yeah well yeah he's and then eating drink waffles, from a then syrup drinking bottle. from the syrup bottle yeah but don't don't forget disgusting. his dog don't forget his dog dog yeah, and <laughs> yeah that was a hilarious exchange where he, <laughs> he calls his dog a pig and then james vanderbeek says i think it's a pig he says yeah <laughs> So, Flag, all this detail is is for you. <laughs> okay, we we can move on. Now. I, I think they were. I think one thing though with that William Robert character, Billy Bob, uh, they they were uh, they were ahead of the time, their time in the um, head injury stuff. They, yeah, because, they actually were. Yeah, because I, I mean, shocked. at that time in the NFL, you know, you got a, con- a concussion. You you know you took some smelling salts and you went back in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And like this actually showed like, you know, cause Billy Bob had all of the CTEs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, well, and, and, and it made him, made him, um, nauseated like later in the week, like all these things that like should have been like, I can't believe we even, I, I honestly can't believe we knew this in 1999. Well, and, like these things and, weren't implemented until like 15 years later. So in thinking about this today. So I was a junior in high school in 1999 and I played that year. I played soccer, as a goalie and then uh, basketball. Well, between those two sports, I had three concussions. Twice when I was a goalie, I would, the way I played goalie, I would, you know, if someone was on a breakaway, I would just dive at the ball before they got a chance to kick it. And I got kicked in the head twice. Um, had concussions, but like, you know, just, just <laughs> kept playing. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. One time, one time I got knocked out, and then you know, after a few minutes, we just resumed, and I kept playing. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then we got in a car accident that year where I got knocked out in between soccer and basketball, and I didn't miss any practices or anything. And then in a basketball game that year, I took a knee, I like dove for a ball and I took a knee to the side of the head and got another concussion. That one, I actually did go for a CAT scan and they, they held me out for a couple weeks after that. Are we supposed to act surprised that you have a history of head? No, injury? I'm just saying that it was, uh, you know, with the whole like, um, it, uh, let me just say the, it doesn't seem like it at all. That's seems uh, yeah. Be- no, we get it. We we they know what totally you totally cogent yeah, arguments. Uh, and... you know, I'm you know I show up on time all the time. I never forget anything. No. Um, I'm just saying that uh, you know at that time that uh, really uh, it, it was really pretty accurate the way they were just like ah oh, just go back in there. Oh yeah, and in 2005, Corey Koski, a former twin, uh, a baseball player, um, had a head injury, and even at that time, like his brother he died. Not, he was not rested. Like he. He yeah, went back in. He felt dizzy and, and and nauseated and was was sensitive to light and like and they basically called him a baby and a crybaby for like wanting to come out of the game and for that reason it ended his career you know six seven years too early because he he went back and resumed play too soon so it, it is interesting that that the like and then his brother died I have no idea what you're talking about you said, he was, a, you said he was a former twin. So he had a twin brother who died. Yep, he had a twin brother who died. Yep, he he, he killed his twin because because of the CTE. He was confused and he's like, "You're not my brother." He's like, "I am," and it was a whole. I'm just thing. treating you the same way you treated me during my, you know, anecdote from high school. So having established that Varsity Blues is sufficiently woke when it comes to head injuries, someone in the movie <laughs> that was a good everything, head everything else. That everything was a good head injury off. segment, guys. All right. High five. 
tweeter character? I think like he'd be radically different if this movie were made today. He's essentially like a serial date rapist. Yeah, what was, the, what was his line about women? It's something about pills and alcohol and the panties they're, drop. They're, they're all just panty droppers. And you're like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah, you just give them, give them one Vicodin, a beer, and two Oxycontin, and their panties drop. And it's like, Wow. Or, or maybe they would have picked him today, and, and it would be a sign of... of well, may, yeah, maybe, because at the end of the movie, we're still supposed to like him. Like, clearly, you know, he's one of the good guys. You know, the coach is the bad guy, but... <laughs> so how did, how did you like John Voight as the coach? I wonder if John Voight knew what kind of movie he was doing. <laughs> you're you're going to be a Gene Hackman-esque coach. Yeah, yeah I think he thought... <laughs> you're like, a this legend be, in the community. I think he thought this was going to be Hoosiers... You know, the football Hoosiers, because he's, I don't know, he's really going for it. I don't know if he knows that this is, you know, a silly. But, but, but did you see, did you see, we're, we know right away that he is supposed to be the bad guy because he's literally doing a Hitler salute the first time we see him. On yeah, yeah, yeah. At, well, at the pep rally. Oh, well, he's the bad guy. And then, like, I like how, like, it's him and the trainer and they're like injecting a needle into Paul Walker's knee. And I was like, this is not like it. Like, and, and this is somehow like this magic serum. Like it's yeah. like the Captain America serum, except it has, it has like a cost to it. Like it works, but at, at the cost of your soul or something, because a guy basically <laughs> I mean, pulls his, supposed like, to be pulls his hamstring and, and they're like, give him the shot. And like, like somehow this shot is going to fix his hamstring yeah, in the middle. Sh- the cortisone shot's not going to fix the hamstring. <laughs> like somehow if he takes the shot, he can go back in. Yeah. But it's going to ruin his future health yeah. somehow. His they hamstring, found will, the his hamstring will never be. Yeah. This this <laughs> stuff, it's going to make you feel better for this game. But it's also got this acid in it that just eats away at your hamstring. You <laughs> know, never regrow. So, so Paul Walker so it's very, is a very sciencey movie. Yeah. So Paul Walker is the star quarterback that goes down and in steps James Vanderbeek or uh, what's his name? Moxon? Is that his last name? Mox. Uh, yeah. Mox. Mox. Just called Mox. Well, and, you know, you can call him Mox because he told us to in the first 10 seconds. Oh, oh, right? oh. He, he appears to be fairly we, decent we at football. We wouldn't have that when they just started calling him Mox. <laughs> yeah. We needed that narration. Otherwise, yeah. we would like, who's this Mox guy? <laughs> what do you mean Mox? His name's They're talking Mox? to Moxon, who's Mox? They keep saying Mox. There's a Mox and a Moxon? <laughs> the best part about this character is that his big dream isn't to play football, but it is to go to a really prestigious elite university, Brown. Brown of all the universities <laughs> in the Ivy League, why Brown? I, I guess since it's the lowest one on the totem pole, maybe it's the one where he can actually succeed. Like maybe he's not as stupid as we think. I don't know, but that was just like, why not make it? No, I don't know. he's smart because he's reading... He's uh, reading Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> during the football game. Like, I don't understand open, his, his, I, I, I don't open understand his, his character. First, like, you know, he's supposed to be the sensitive good guy. But then the first time in the movie that Billy Bob gets a concussion and the trainer holds up two fingers and he's like, how many fingers am I holding up? He's like, uh, I don't know. And he's, uh, no. And Mox says, <laughs> it needs to be a no, yes no, or no question. He, uh, true or false? <laughs> true or false. Is he handing, uh, holding up fingers uh, true? And so, like, he's there. He's, you know, aiding in ruining this guy's brain. But then at the end of the movie, he's like, hey, if you if you can't go, if you don't feel good, say something. Like, oh, the guy that you saw, 
you know, sweating <laughs> right. and stumbling out of class. You think they're, you're just now saying, I know the season's almost over and I've, you know, not said anything about this for the entire year, but now I think you should say something. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they, they wanted to have the funny scene. He's like, I got a scan of my cat. <laughs> like suddenly Vanderbeek is like a medical genius, like demanding that he get a cat scan. Like, even though the entire movie up until that point, he didn't care at the end of the movie. He's like, go get a cat scan. He's like, yeah. I scanned my cat. It said my brain is good. No, that, that you, was you, you didn't get a cat. scan. There's no way. <laughs> the, <laughs> the symptoms you're showing, your brain is not good. What else? I had more. Actually, though, I was going to say, other than the accent, James Vanderbeek is pretty good in this movie. Like, for for what it is, and he's basically the best part of this movie, I think. Because, I mean, I I buy him as, you know, a guy who's it's good at football. a guy who would read Kurt Vonnegut on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, that... That, that kind of choices that were made for him were strange, but just as far as, you know, yeah. playing. <clears throat> but, but, right? but a guy who, who would make up his own plays in the huddle. Um, right. And practice. we're supposed to think that the coach is the bad guy there. Like, he, you're, you're the second string quarterback. You're in you go in and you make up a new offense. Calls a play and you just, without even running it by him. Just uh, <laughs> throw in a completely new op- the spread offense. Apparently, he invented yeah. the spread yeah. offense. Yeah. This is the genesis of the spread offense. Yes, nobody, nobody thought of this before. Yeah. He invented the spread offense yeah. in the second half of the the final game. Yeah, but but did you guys did you guys notice how they didn't actually really shoot much of the games? So they would they would shoot the quarterback throwing the ball, and then they would have a guy catching it, and that, that was yeah, about and, it. Uh, like most sports movies, Vanity, the action was Vanity terrible. He looks good during a football. Like he's very <laughs> believable during a football. Paul Walker threw the ball. I think I think they showed him throwing once or twice. He he was okay, but he he, he never like he he was not used to throwing a football. But James Vanderbeek must have played, uh, you know, or at least he was you know athletic enough to minimally competent. Yeah, yeah he, he he looked good throwing a football. I, I like that they, part of it. They like to have shots of like. People like in the air with their feet off the ground, like colliding. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. As a Texan now, so to what extent does this movie actually reflect the real culture surrounding high school football in the state? Obviously, it's a heightened reality. You know, it's not, I, I don't know. A thousand feet off the ground. <laughs> from, let's look at it from 30,000 feet. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think like it's it's not exactly, you know, how it is, but I, I honestly I, I don't think it's that far off. And I don't know as much from Texas, but just from Indiana, even where my I had two cousins that lived in like a small town east of Indianapolis and they they played football in high school. And like in that little town of Greenfield, Indiana, like you would have seriously thought that the football players were, you know, like superheroes or something like that. And they, and like how Paul Walker had that, that billboard in his yard, like in Greenfield, Indiana, literally uh, you drive through the neighborhood, you would see like a, a couple billboards like that. And then if it wasn't that, like what my cousins had, they had um, smaller ones with just like their jersey and their name on it, like in their front yard. I, I don't know much about small town Texas, but I would have to imagine that it's. I mean, well, I mean, Friday Night Question. Lights is actually Question. a true story. So, Question Would a wide receiver get in trouble for getting drunk and stealing a cop car? <laughs> yeah, I don't 
they, they, yeah, I, I've heard somebody answer this question as far as like, you know, a star wide receiver in, in a small town in Texas. Could he, you know, steal a cop car, drive around naked all night and really not get in trouble? I've not heard just people, steal a cop car, I've, but like steal it from in front of their faces. Yeah. And they know exactly yeah. who it is. Yeah. I mean, they, I've heard people that are from towns like that and they say, yeah, it's not that far off from stuff that has happened with the football players. So yeah, so there's that scene in the bar where one of the cops is kind of complaining to someone, and then you turn around or he turns around and notices my boys bothering you, and he's like, oh no no, absolutely not! Like he totally the cop totally changes his tune when he finds out that the coach is right there. That that I could see a little bit more than sure. uh, Just yeah, I've never heard anybody say like, oh yeah, that 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 like exact thing has happened. But yeah, I've heard people say, "Mm, I mean, not too far off from stuff like that where the cops basically you know they would like uh flaunt the, the fact that the cops kind of couldn't do anything to them because of their coach um, you don't want to be the cop that that got the kid in trouble that like gave the kid yeah well and i mean it, i guess the suggestion is that the coach just wields so much power this coach that's won two championships in 30 years <laughs> like, what a record made it built him a statue they named everything after him did he win those two championships early on and then for the next yeah. Yeah. 27 but, years they're like, oh, but, wish but we wouldn't have done the statue the statue is still there because it's too heavy to move <laughs> you, you know what they should what would have been a good way to get rid of it if you'd get a dragon and change one letter in the word dragon <laughs> change it dragon to drogon and then drogon could just like breathe fire on it and melt it <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about how heavy it is. I had a comment about the the uh, radio announcers. Go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> Those guys. I, I mean, first of all, the one guy's name is Stubby Stub Daddy <laughs> So is Stubby not his nickname? Is that his given name? Is Stubby? Why does he have Stubby Stud Daddy Tanner? When Paul Walker gets hurt, they say. Like they they're up in the booth. They have no idea what the injury is. And they say you can just see his uh, future going down the drain. Yeah. Like if you ever watch a football game, people are injured uh, three times a quarter. They stop play. They walk a guy off. They have no idea. And even ACL injuries in I tore my ACL 1999-2000. And it's not like it's not a career ending thing. Uh, well, for you it was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Actually, it was, but that was more <laughs> the way. I but did um, it. I, I liked how it was, like he had ACL surgery like the night of the injury. Yeah, that too. They're like get he's the in. Doc- he's get in. the doctor in here. Um, no, we're just gonna have this emergency. Uh, this is emergency, uh, emergency OR. I, and not only that, never... they're like he's gonna have a bunch more surgeries. It's like, uh, he, he's got <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, like the emergency room doctor is. He's gonna be like, okay, you need to go see a um, a surgeon. You know, schedule an appointment with the surgeon sometime tomorrow. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometime in the next two weeks, probably. You know, you're not going to die right now, so I got other stuff to do. <laughs> but I guess so, that guy bleeding over there, he'll be fine. The filmmaker is just so minimally competent that they take. Um, the, there are good things which we'll get to, but like there's a lot of things that are just shoehorned in. So they've got uh, the, the wide receiver Scott Kahn, who's who's kind of a funny deviant. We've got the big fat guy who drinks syrup straight from the bottle. We've got Paul Walker who gets injured. 
And then, like, but like none of these thing characters are developed at all. And the most underdeveloped one is the is the is the tailback, is the running back, right. who who's like the, <laughs> the only movie, time you ever see is him. about him being overlooked. And yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like coach is racist, even though yeah. the coach is like he's like we're <laughs> running football says. team, we're a running team. Stick to the ground, and then he's like, "Coach is racist." Like, I don't, like, yeah. And we learn, we we learn all of this at a conversation in the hallway at the high school. Yeah, yeah, it's and terrible. Like the, nobody ever, nobody ever noticed that the coach is racist. It, like it's exposed. It like the exposition in the movie is in a conversation, and at the, the end of the conversation, um, Vanderbeek's like, "Yeah, I got you, dude," and he's like, "Yeah, you're a good guy." Like, it was it was the most artificial. Yeah. Conversation I've ever seen in my life. Like the guy's pissed off, and then the Vanderbeek says one thing, and the guy's like, "Okay, we're good." All right. Well, yeah, he's still a racist, but I guess if you said you said you got me, okay. <laughs> the little brother is like starting a cult. Oh, he's a cult. Yes. <laughs> what? what? And then from religion. So the dad only on cares. Cross, like, and then he he's like, Muslim, uh, and then he's like, you're gonna distract your brother. Like that's that's the extent of his worry about uh, whatever is going on with his son. Not to mention the mercurial um, Amy Smart. Like so at first, like we seem like genuinely love. Like they're planning a future together, and then she's like, "Wait, you like football?" Yeah, her character is so poorly written. Like, like just like (laughs) wet blanket girlfriend. Like all I'm gonna do here is anytime something starts to go right for you. I'm going to say that that thing is bad yeah. now. And so th- this is uh, Vanderbeek's character. This is his biggest mistake is that he should have gone with Darcy instead. She was hotter than her. Who and- changes her uh, allegiance in the hospital? Like, in the hospital. Like She's a go-getter. She's well, a go-getter. She knows what she wants. Her to FSU anyway. She's out of her mind. <laughs> right, right, right. Poor, he's, a, he's getting a scholarship. To play quarterback at FSU, <laughs> like he's getting a new girlfriend. Like he's getting like ten new girlfriends. Which is why, yeah, within like ten minutes, she's like, "All right, Moxon, you're my guy now." I don't even know if you're good at football. If you're going to be starting next game, or if you're going to be benched, because everyone thinks he sucks. Brown? Where's she's like, Brown? "You're my guy." Oh. So, so Thomas, you're saying actually. Darcy's the good guy in this movie? Yeah, good guy, good lady guy. Anyway, did you guys notice that Jesse Plemons was in this movie? Yes. I did! (laughs) He's the the Paul Walker's younger brother when they're having the throwing contest. He's there. (laughs) Is that why he ended up in Friday Night Lights? Is because they're like, hey, if we're going to make a show about Texas football, we've got to have Plemons. I was in Varsity Blues. Oh, okay. Do do you think he hit him on the nose on purpose? Or is that what we're supposed to think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what... I think we're supposed to believe that he was the more talented quarterback all along. Because... Like they they basically tell us that when he throws the ball at the mascot, which right. I still laugh at that. Like it's still funny. To <laughs> that me was that. that was a very funny part. Like it was the it way was, that they it, they shot that. Like so, um, let's explain for those who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in years. Um, what we're saying is so. Um, the the dads are having a pissing contest at a at a barbecue, and um, like the sons are kind of the sons are friends, uh, Paul Walker and Vanderbeek, but the dads are being jerks to each other, and so they're like, all right, we're gonna have a contest. We're gonna do the um, what Tell? do you call it? The William Tell. Well, the charge? William Tell thing. So, yeah. so the starting quarterback has his dad put a. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that because the quarterbacks don't want it. The dads want it. It's all about the dads because the dads. But Paul are, Walker is well, more agreeable. To, he's he's, like, he's sure. used, 
he's used to going along I'll, with what his dad yes wants. yeah i'll do what my dad wants I'll, I'll hit the the beer can off my dad's head with a football and so when it's vanderbeek's turn he just nails his dad right in the face <laughs> well because well, first um, he's like he's not gonna throw it he turns away you know and then you the you just the, you get the slow motion everybody yeah, yelling yeah. at him his dad yelling at him then he hits him he turns and fires it right at his nose Okay, so so go to to um, flash forward to James Vanderbeek. Um, finally, uh, so Paul Walker's hurt. Vanderbeek goes in in relief. They the, the they need to clock the ball, so they need to spike. There's the ball a forty clock. yard forty yard pass to the five four Scott Con yeah. All American receiver. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to clock the ball, and instead of clocking the ball by like spiking it right at his feet. He turns to the sidelines and the, yeah, the mascot. Was, the other team's mascot was mocking him, just just before he got to the line, and so he turned and just fired it and hit the mascot's beak, and his and dad he, laughs. He laughs like, "Aha, that's funny!" Like he got him, and then like you see him like his gears grinding in his head, and as he reaches for his nose, and he's got like black <laughs> eyes and a, and a bandaid over his nose, realizing, like you see him realize, wait a second, if he's that accurate, <laughs> he hit me in the face on purpose. Yeah. It's a very funny moment. That That is that, that is what works in the movie, is that yeah. moment. Yeah. Literally that. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the spread ha, ha, offense ha, ha, works too. I mean, it's a, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it's an actual, like, they, they know, predicted description um, of what the spread offense is. It's football just in 2015. I don't know why they had to pretend like they just came up with this. Like, you know, like, like, oh, I thought of this thing. You put a bunch of receivers on one side <laughs> and, you know, it makes the defense, you know, play more on one side. And we can, you know, match up our guy, you know, in a better uh, matchup, the guy that we want. So I, I don't like they, all that all to, to me, like all that was fine. I thought that was actually like really good. It's just like, why were they acting? Like, why did it have to be like they just thought of this? Like no one, no one had uh, done this before. But there is no Internet in West Canaan, right. Texas at the time. Uh, but yeah, but other other than uh, Darcy, who we just mentioned, my favorite character in the movie was probably Miss Davis. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> the sex ed teacher who's actually a stripper. Yeah. She moonlights as a stripper. And not only that, but the kids visit her strip club. Yeah, and they yeah. apparently stay there all night until all it night. gets light. <laughs> so yeah, James they... Vanderbeek is the guy, his, like his whole character is the guy who does the right thing, which we know not only because he does the right thing most of the time, but they say that to him. <laughs> How come you have to be so good? You don't have to be good all the time. Why do you have to be so good? So he takes his teammates and he demands that they, even though like, Again, the guy suffering from CTE yeah. is like, oh, I, I, I just, I can't drink. I don't feel good. Or, yeah, no, he demands that he do this, and they have a game the next day. They have a game the next day, and they stay out all night on a Thursday night, and they lose the next game. So that, that, that's a that's a guy who does everything right. <laughs> so Ryan, I want to go to you first because I think you like this movie more than Chris. So so Ryan, Oof, how do you like it? Uh, I I. I, I don't think I like it more than Chris. I I hope I'm not the one who likes this the most. I <laughs> I don't really. It, a, a lot of the a lot of the tropes of like typical sports movies. Like I, I've never liked this. I don't even think I really liked this movie at the time, just because like I, I've always hated the typical like jock versus you know not jock stuff. And I mean. They, they, I guess they kind of try to blend that with Vanderbeek, although I don't really think they <laughs> do a very good job of no, that. But it, it's just I don't know. There, there are 
parts of it that are good. Uh, honestly, I think the football is the football is not great, but I think it is the best part of the movie. Just because like the the spread offense is like a logical thing that you could do in the hurry up offense and stuff like that. That. I mean, and if you were to drive up, if you were to draw up a hook and ladder game winning play, you'd definitely have him pitch to the fattest man. <laughs> you wouldn't have him pitch to a running back or anything. And why did he say that that was their last game? They just made the playoffs. Right, right. Like what? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Is it because they didn't have? Where were the assistant coaches? <laughs> and why? Like and in, why in, the trainer? Like he demanded, give give the uh, give the the shot. Why did he have a head headset on? Like he looked like a coach. Yeah. Like and, was it seriously just Tilmer and the trainer? Was that it? We never like, saw another like, single coach. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like big football programs in Texas, they have like twenty coaches. Like <laughs> they're like an assistant to the assistant running backs coach. Did they did they kick all of them out, or where were they the whole season? And they couldn't. Uh, there wasn't one of them they were okay with. I had seen this movie a very long time ago, and I remember liking it a lot more than I did the other day when I watched it. I, I think I found it funnier uh, than you. Like, did they have some funny moments? But I don't know. It's barely fine. Yeah, Chris. I understand why this this was a big deal back in the day. Like, as far as teen comedies go, like it it has it had like I understand why it appeals to teens. It has boobs. Right. It has humor. It has kids screwing around. I don't know if I would have totally appreciated it as a teen, I, and I certainly don't appreciate it today because I just didn't like the lawlessness of it. Like these these kids, like um, like drinking that heavily and and, and partying and having sex and like I yeah. I mean like that's they're, that's they're making some poor choices. Yeah, yeah I and, I think I honestly at the time because everybody that I knew I think I pretended to like this more than I actually did. Okay. Because it's not one that I ever really like wanted to watch again, you know, just for myself. It's just one that, you know, everybody thought was it was the cool movie at the time. Yeah. So so I didn't like just the just the kind of the loose morals of it. And clearly that's why it's an appealing teen God, comedy. Such a and, well, I mean the thing but, is, like they there's no like there's nothing there's no like consequence even at the end of the movie, yeah. like I mean, like for Tweeter who is just like a terrible person. Yeah. And but we're still supposed to like him. Like it, it makes no judgment on any yeah. of the stuff. Like that all all that stuff was fine, but their coach, you know, right, being a dick and a hard ass, like that was what you were supposed to take from this. Like uh people in authority are bad. And um, and so I witnessed my peers like trying to emulate this behavior and, and, you know, quoting the movie. And, and so like, even just the celebration and the dances that you see, um, like that, that none of that was kosher, um, in, in our program, in our football program, uh, both either in practice or on the field, but like before the coaches would be around, like, as we're like getting our pads on and getting outside, um, like, yeah, people would do, do those celebrations and, and goof around. And like, even, um, like our, our, our quarterback who's, who's, was an amazing athlete, like probably the only guy I ever stepped foot on the field with who was a better athlete than me. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Okay. But but uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but but he was, he was a phenomenal athlete. Like like personality wise, like I can see now in ways that he emulated this. And um, over the years, like he's matured. But like like this is a bad thing to have out there in the culture. So I, I understand why kids watched it. Uh, it was not a good thing for like kids in rural Minnesota to watch and like. Be like, oh, that's that's what like cool teens do. But but you know what's what's a better teen comedy that came out in 1999? American Pie. That's much funnier than this movie. 
Like it's still it's definitely it is definitely much funnier than this. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's, it's it's I haven't seen it since probably 1999, but it, it's yeah. it's I remember being better made. Like it, it like the the movie makers and, and, and American popular. Pie knows what it's trying to be. I don't yeah. think the people making this movie knew what they they were were they making American Pie or were they making Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Like you know, are they like making like serious judgments on things or is it just all supposed to be stupid? No, I laugh. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Was that James Vanderbeek? Guys, did did someone catch in James Vanderbeek? That's not my laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the laugh. What does he say? That's not even what he says. <laughs> all right. So, do we have anything else before we end uh, this podcast at 2 a.m. Hong Kong time? <laughs> You're still into the crazy rich Asian thing, aren't you? We should we should do Singapore time. Isn't that where it takes place? Isn't it the same? Hong Kong, Singapore? Oh, he says, oh my gosh. I don't want your life. It, 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 it literally is the same, Chris. It's the same thing. I don't want your life. I don't want your life. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream catches you, you're getting closer. Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over. It's fire, it's freedom, it's flooding open. It's a picture in the pulpit, and you're blind to bullshit. There's something breaking at the brick of every wall, it's holding on at you now. I guess it would have been substandard at this point. They're discussing the Emission Impossible franchise, and JVL called Ethan... Emission Impossible? Is that a <laughs> new one about having to get your car's emissions upgraded? No, no, it's about the college admission scandal. Oh. Thomas, Thomas, Topical. restart now. Did you, did you know that Christopher Nolan's cousin writes Eastbound and Down? <laughs> Let's back, so... Did you know that... Nolan Ryan owns a barbecue restaurant chain in Texas. It wouldn't shock me. Did you know that Ryan Nolan is the name of a PBA bowler? Of oh, what? Bolt professional bowling league. Oh my god. Okay. Now transition. Let's move on. Did you know that the what they called the bad guy in? Um, I'm gonna play on my phone. Let me know when you're. Damn it. Finding Nemo. Called him Bowler Hat Guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, beat the Robinsons. Beat the Robinsons. Okay, Thomas, you have to. What about connect. what about the bad guy? He called him Bowler Hat Guy. Who who called him Bowler Hat Guy? The kid in Meet the Robinsons. Oh, and so that was related to bowling. Okay, I got you. Yeah.
You thought right. I was going to use one of the names, but I went with Bowling. Well, did you know that Jackie Robinson was featured in a movie called 42? No shit. Starring T'Challa. Uh, I thought that was about the 42nd president. No, but Jackie Robinson and Han Solo. Han Solo didn't really want to have the first black player, but then he was like, well, maybe we'll do this. And then he shot Greedo. In Harrison the- Ford was in 42. He played Branch Rickey. I do not remember that. How do you not remember that? I, 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 saw, movie, the, I, know I it. saw it. I saw the movie. And I did. If you would have said, all right, you have 300 guesses who played Branch Rickey in this movie you've seen. Han Solo would not have been in the top 300. Oh, maybe you missed <laughs> him and Gary Sinise up. Would you guess Gary Sinise? Yeah, that would have been number one. 